Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I need to break up this stale atmosphere, so what what I want to do is I'm going to ask that you have your Bible in one hand, your hand lifted in the other hand, and I just want you to pray for 30 seconds in the Holy Ghost. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just pray in English. What am I praying? Praying that this atmosphere would shift so it's conducive for the miraculous. That's number one. Number two, pray that you would receive everything that you need to receive today from the Lord. That every prayer request would be answered. Every issue would be addressed. Every problem would be addressed. Every question you walked in here asking the Lord that he'd address it for you today. I pray you're not going to leave with any questions. You're not going to leave with stress. You're not going to leave with trauma. You're not going to leave with drama. Say miracles. Signs. Wonders, miracles, signs, wonders. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's right here on the screen. Let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of manifestation, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I changed fruitfulness to manifestation, same thing. I want you to do me a favor. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. They're going to put it on the screen for you. When you get it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're just going to look on the screen, say, I've been there. All right. Now, listen, it's cool to look on the screens, but guys, please at least get the app so that you have a Bible. All right, all right, all right. You, we live by the word. Say the word. And we can't be so great at show that we're not good with substance. All right? I, I need you to know this Bible. I need you to know the word. Because at the end of the day, watch this. This word is what's going to get you through. I wish I had some witnesses in here. This word is what's going to get you through. This word is what's going to get you through rough seasons. This word is going to get you through rough patches in your marriage. This word is going to get you through rough situations in your finances. Say, I trust the word. So at least get the app, have the app. And do you know you can read the whole Bible in one year? 
through our mobile app. I do the daily Bible reading. I encourage you to do it. There's Bible reading plans. And guess what? Because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest, it's totally free. It costs us thousands and thousands of dollars to have it. But because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest, it's free to you. 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And as she fled in her haste, he fell and became lame. Say she dropped him. Look at me, 1115. Who dropped you? What dropped you? What disappointed you? What are you angry about? What are you frustrated about? What are you mad about? What in the back of your head are you still like, God, I can't figure that thing out. He fell and he became lame and his name was Mephibosheth. I want to talk for a moment as we enter this last week of our series, Miracle Signs and Wonders. I want to talk about Mephibosheth's miracles, but I want to make it personal. Say your first name. Don't say your title. Say your first name. Say your miracles are about to be released. Say your first name. Say your miracles are about to be released. Say effective immediately. Whatever dropped you, whatever disappointed you is about to work for you. If you believe that, I need you to put a shout in this atmosphere. Father, customize this word. Taylor, make it for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you've ordained. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. You can be seated. I want to get right into this word. This is the last week of our series, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. And we've learned so far, 1115, that a miracle is a supernatural occurrence that's not limited to healing. It literally defies the laws of nature. It's not a miracle if you can explain it away. It's not a miracle if you can get credit for it. It's not a miracle if you can say, well, I did this and I did this and I did this. It's a miracle when you look at it and you can say, that totally defies the laws of nature. It looks like one day everything was shut down and somehow uh, the next day everything was opened up. God says, I want to do something that defies the very laws of nature in your life. I want to do something for you that it's so supernatural that when you look at it, you start shaking your head and say, there's no explanation except God did it. I need somebody to get some tissues ready. Why? Because you're going to be crying when you see what God manifests and what he does for you because you're going to look at it and say, I waited my whole life and I'm so I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad I didn't throw in the towel. I'm so glad I didn't stop believing in God. I'm so glad I didn't stop serving. I'm so glad I didn't stop giving. Somebody say, he's about to blow my mind. I need this atmosphere right. Say, he's about to blow my mind. It literally means a supernatural occurrence that's not limited to healing. And I need you to hear me. I don't care what anybody says. He's still a miracle worker today. How you know, Bishop, you're sitting next to proof that he's a miracle worker. Because if you knew what your neighbor had to go through, if you knew what your neighbor had to deal with, if you know the challenges and the obstacles they've had to overcome, you wouldn't doubt if he's a miracle worker. You'd start shaking your neighbor's hand and say, I just need to touch a miracle. Matter of fact, I dare you to just shake their hand and say, it feels good to touch a miracle. It, you should have lost your mind. You should be dead and gone. Is there anybody that's a miracle in here today? I, shout, I am a miracle. I said, shout it, I am a miracle. 
All the hell that's come against you and you still stand. All the people that have betrayed you and you still stand. All of the mess that tried to make you lose your mind and you're still standing. All of the things that tried to pull you in generational curses and you still broke them. I am a miracle. Miracle, then signs and wonders. A sign is something wonderful. So now in the definition of sign, we get both a sign and a wonder. It's something wonderful man can't take the credit for. God says, when I do it, I'm going to do, do it in such a way where you can't get the credit. Look at me, Lemphathy. That's why sometimes in life you're facing things that seem so overwhelming to you. Look at me. They're supposed to be. If you don't need God, you will step into a place of arrogance where you think you're responsible for the good stuff. You'll think it's your education. I'll be it nice. That ain't why you are where you are. You'll think it's your pedigree. I'll be it nice. That's not where you are the way you are. Uh, you'll think it's because of how much money you have. And while that's great, that's not why you are where you are. You are where you are because God looked beyond your fault. And he saw your need. God looked at you and said, that's my son. That's my daughter. And watch this. They may not be doing everything right, but I still pick them. And when God picks you, God says, I will go through the mountains, through the valleys, through the rivers, through the oceans to get to you. Is there anybody that's glad that his love found you? His love chased you. His love pursued you. His love came after you. And baby, he's not done with you yet. So watch this, watch this, watch this. It, it is something wonderful man can't take the credit for. And here's the major takeaway so far from the series, guys, is that miracles work like this. Now, I need you to understand this. Miracles must be worked. Say that. If you grew up in church, you hear things like this. The Lord works in mysterious ways. That's not true. You don't write a book if you're trying to keep secrets. If you grew up in church, you heard things like this. You just never know what the Lord is going to do. That's Forrest Gump. That's not Bible. Never know what you're going to get. I know. Why? Life and death are in the power of my tongue. And they that love it shall eat its fruit. Which means even if it's bad, it's working for my good. Shut up. Even if it don't look good, it's working for my good. Shut your mouth. What you talking about? Watch me. Watch me. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's the process. Miracles must be worked. They're not random acts. They're not random. Because if you think they're random, you'll start asking questions like this. Why doesn't God love me the way he loves her? The way he loves him? What's wrong with me? So now you'll create a complex that God never created because you think that the miracle was accidental. You think that the miracle was coincidental, but it's not. They must be worked. You ain't going to be able to just get up and sit on these drums over here and not have played. Play me something real good. Give me something funky. Give me something real good. Give me that funky music. If you ain't practiced, totally mess it up. Like, do something horrible. When you're good, even your mess up sounds good. Shut your mouth. In other words, to get good, he had to work it. And I'm going to tell some of y'all, God ain't mad at you. You just ain't working it. God's not angry with you. You just ain't working it. God ain't gave up on you. You just ain't working it. But I dare you to just touch your neighbor on your left and your right and say, but today I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it. Work what, Bishop? Work what? You got to use what you got to get what it is that you want. 
Here's how you work it. Here's how you work it. Here's how miracles work. Let me show you how they work. One, you need an impossible situation. You need something you can't do. Sometimes God will put people in your life that you can't change. He'll put circumstances in your life that you cannot change. There was a little boy that was blind in the scripture, and his disciples asked him, he said, Lord, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one of them. He said, this was done so that the glory of the Lord would be revealed, which means sometimes there's things that you have to deal with so that God says, I need to get the glory out of your story. It ain't punishment. It's a compliment. I need you to not be mad that God trusts you with trouble. I need you to not be mad that God trusts you with issues. I need you to not be mad that God gave you a hand that he knew was less than somebody else's hand, but he knew he could trust you to play that thing well. I need you to realize that God will often allow us to face impossible situations, which means then we're going to need what? We're going to need revelation. Why do we come to church for revelation? Why do you, why do you, that's why when you come here, you start learning stuff you've never learned. That's why when you come here, you start hearing stuff you've never heard. Church should just not be a place of confirmation because confirmation might be rebuked because you won't listen the first time. It should be a place of revelation, which means, watch this, I got something new. What does it mean to reveal? To uncover. See, watch this. Let me get behind the covers. See, your miracle is behind the covers. What you need is a revelation. To bring, watch this, some manifestation. To, and watch this, every now and then your miracle will peek at you. Y'all ain't talking to me. Just your neighbor say, miracles have been peeking at you. Let me prove it. That's why some days you started on 10 and then you were like, this is going to be the day. Then something happened in the day that tried to steal your faith because your miracle peeked at you. What I need is a revelation that gives me information about my situation. I come to church to get the word. And that word gives me, it uncovers some stuff. It takes, it's been there. I just couldn't see it. A lot of what, God, when you going to do something? God says, it's there. You can't see it, though. Watch this, because you ain't faithful enough. You can't see it, though, because you let your discouragement keep your hands from being lifted. Let me preach how I want to. You can't see it, though, because you letting what you got to deal with this week weigh you down. When on Sunday, had you let that go, had you let that go and gave it to God, God said, I would have worked that thing out before Memorial Day was over. Be quiet. God says, I would have worked that thing out. You worried about the first of the month. If you'll give me glory today, I got you covered. I need us to give God five seconds of glory. If you know he's a God that works miracles, go. Come on, 11-15, lift up worship. Give him glory. Be seated. First, I need an impossible situation. Then I need revelation. I need you to uncover what's been hidden. That's what the word of God does. That's why we come to church and listen to messages. I don't call them sermons. A sermon is what you heard when you were bad as a little kid. And, and Didn't I tell you? That's a sermon. A life-giving message means it speaks life into your life. That's why I don't call them sermons on purpose, because I don't need you to think you, God is beating you down. He's speaking life. Lay your hands on yourself and say, come to life. Here's what's amazing. You're already doing great. You're doing better than you should be. But what you think going to happen when revelation starts dealing with your situation? So first, I need an impossible situation. Two, I need revelation. I need some instructions. The woman with the issue of blood. She has this issue of blood that's running for 12 years. We learn through deductive study and being studious as it relates to the word 
we learn this. We learn, we learn, watch this, that what ends up happening is that she probably had this issue of blood because she got in a relationship she had no business being in. Let me, let me deal with that for a little minute because many times you will derail yourself because of who you won't detach from. I'm going to back that thing up and say it again. Many times you will derail yourself because of who you will not detach from. Some of you have inappropriate attachments to people. Okay, y'all don't like this kind of teaching. And some of y'all already know you need to shut that thing down. You need to cut that thing off. But watch this. You like being needed so much that you're attracted to projects. Okay. Watch this. She has this issue of blood because if you cross-reference the scripture, go study it for yourself. There's a cross-reference that takes us back to Leviticus that says one of the repercussions for engaging in inappropriate relationships was that a flow would stop that you, a start that you couldn't stop. So the miracle she needs is because it's a misbehavior that she did. Ooh, it's quiet in the church now. Can we tell the truth? We ain't always done everything right. We're the honest people that can say it's a whole lot of stuff I didn't done wrong. But I thank God for his blood that what? It, wa it washes me and makes me white as snow. I'm thankful for his blood. Slap somebody high five say I'm thankful for the blood. It reaches to the highest. And it flows to the lowest. The blood that gives me strength. When? From. Some of y'all know that song. One day we'll have him Sunday. Watch this, watch this. She hears a rumor that there's this guy calling himself Yeshua Moshiach. It means Jesus the Messiah. The answer. Touch your neighbor and say, the answer is here. Don't fail a test you got the answer to. Don't fail a test the answer sitting right in front of you. You got to be something real special to fail an open book test. We've all done it, though. She heard this rumor. Look at all these rumors. I don't know the rest of the words. Uh-huh. Here's what you need to stop doing when you hear a rumor. Don't get away from it. Walk up to it. Because when I find out what you afflict me for, I find out where I'm gifted to do. Sometimes you need to know. Jesus said, what are they saying about me on the streets? <laughs> Jesus said, tell me all the nasty, crazy stuff they're making up about me. Because when I hear what they're making up about me, I'll know what I'm called to do. Sometimes instead of saying, I don't want to hear that, you need to say, what they say? Wow. They took the time to make all that up? I must be doing something. You know how to say, thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody at this 1115 that can say, thank you, Judas? I, I just wonder if there's anybody in here that can thank God for the rumors, thank God for the gossip, thank God for the people that came against you. Why? I'm just being like Jesus. Who do they say that I am? Not because I believe it. Not because I need to know who I am. I just want to know how the impact I'm having. Because whatever you attack, that's where the treasure is. <clears throat> whatever you attack, that's where the treasure is. So if you're good at... Okay, let me leave that alone. 
an impossible situation. So she hears, she's got this flow that she can't stop, that she started. And now she needs a miracle. Say miracle. And the miracle she needs is that this issue of blood is literally costing her everything. She's bleeding out. Watch this, which means she has no strength. Can I just teach you for a minute? She has no vitality. Watch this. She's spending a lot of money on her wardrobe. Because every time she gets something new, she stains it. Y'all not. Can we get real for a moment? She can't even enjoy a good meal because the flow might start at an inopportune time. I need y'all to talk to me. See, ladies, this ain't nothing you never experienced. You need to stop complaining about what you experienced because what she experienced was a whole nother type of flow. Say it was another level. A whole nother level. She started it, but she can't stop it. She's paid doctors. They can't stop it. She took medicine. It wouldn't stop it. She took some of them old wives' tales, and that wouldn't stop it. She, 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 she got some anointing oil. That wouldn't stop it. And she heard a rumor. People are getting healed when they're touching the hem of Geshua Moshiach's garments. The reason that they're getting healed is because the Bible says in Malachi there's healing in his wings. Well, they call the edges of the garment that he would wear as a leader in the church, as a man of God, they call that the zitzit. They also call it, here's the side note, a wing. So the scripture says there's healing in his wings. It's not wings like an angel. No, 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 angels don't have those. No, uh, uh, not like that, not the way you and I think of it. No. Healing in his wings literally meant that his clothing is going to have healing. So if you can touch what's touching him, you'll get a miracle. I'll teach you for just a moment. I'm about to go to where I'm going. So this girl, she says, I heard that he's healing people. So you know what she does? She books her a ticket on, on the RTD. She takes the gray, she takes the lamb hound, huh? <laughs> she, <laughs> she gets on the lamb hound, and she says, I got to go see Jesus. And so she gets o over to him. When she sees Jesus, y'all have seen me preach it, all these people around him. But she's like, but I got a revelation that said, if I can just touch that zit zit. See, the zit zits dropped to the ground, which means I can't be too arrogant. I can't be too prideful. I can't be too high. I didn't already lost too much. Some of you got to stop being so prideful to protect what you got left that you can't reach for what you want to receive. She gets on the ground. She gets through. She grabs the edge of his garment. She gets revelation that takes her to this church. She takes her to what? It takes her to modification. She changes what she's doing. She leaves where, she to, where she's at to go where he is. Say modify. modify. What miracle has it mess, uh, manifested because you won't modify? Why do you want God? Why, listen, don't be so, you know, the Bible, you know God's issue with his people? If you read the Bible, God would often call his people a couple of things. One, he'd call them rebellious, which means they just, they just willfully didn't do what was right. The checklist say, hey, you did 14. That's rebellion. There's no other explanation for it. No, no other explanation for it. You're just rebellious. You're just going to do your own thing, which is why you can't have his results. Number two, he used to call them stiff-necked. Stiff-necked means you're stubborn. Here's stiff-necked. I won't change my perspective to look at it any other way. My neck is stiff. That means it's both. It couldn't have been me that did that. Well, how you know? Oh, watch this. When you're stiff neck, you won't even look over here to see what it could be. He said, y'all are stiff neck. Y'all are rebellious. He was like, I just 
He said, I just don't get it. So this woman had to modify. So she modified. modified. Then, watch this. It was not enough to just get modification. She had to have application. What did she do? She touched the hem of his garment. She didn't get close and say, well, I know they said you got to touch him, but I'm going to just get close. A lot of us hear a word and then modify the word rather than apply the word. Come here. A lot of us hear what the word of God says, but we modify it instead of, y'all not talking to me. We change it to fit what we want to do versus doing what it's said to do. I know you don't want to forgive him, but he said to forgive him. I know you don't want to be kind, but he said to be kind. I know you don't want to be patient, but he said to be patient. Are you hearing me? So, impossible situation. Then she gets to what? Revelation, which now she's got to make modification, which now she takes that to application. So now what does she have? She has manifestation. Every miracle follows that process. They are not random occurrences. And in fact, miracles have to be worked. First Corinthians chapter 12, it teaches us, they're going to put it on the screen, that he says, to another he gave the gift of the working of miracles, which means God would give spiritual gifts to men of God where they would use that gift to work miracles. Say, miracles have to be worked. Talk to me like an army. Say, miracles have to be worked. Question number 15, what miracle hasn't been worked because sometimes you're hard to work with? What miracle hasn't manifested because you won't work the process? See, here's how miracles work. We do everything we can do, and God will do everything we can't to do. And to illustrate this, I want to come back to this man we talked about in our last series for just one of the messages, Mephibosheth. Say Mephibosheth. We learn from 2 Samuel chapter 4 that he is now the grandson of King Saul. So here it is. King Saul is the first king of Israel. He has a son named Jonathan. And Jonathan has a son named Mephibosheth. And what ends up happening is that when Mephibosheth is five years old, how old is he? When he's what? When he's five years old, one of his nurses ends up dropping him. She's, watch this, she's in a haste, so she drops him. Let me pause right here. You need to thank God for people that have been patient with you when you've been difficult to deal with. See, watch this. We often talk about how patient we've been with other people. But can I ask you, 1115, the honest ones in here, how many of you know that sometimes you've been the one that's been difficult to deal with and people have been patient with you? Let's go further. How many of us, God has been patient with us? He didn't leave us. He didn't forsake us. He didn't give up on us. He stayed right there. Somebody say he's been patient. See, some of y'all don't think he's been patient because even your clap to celebrate his patience is whack. You think he owes you something. So I'm going to ask you one more again so that I can get everybody on the same page in the room. How many of us are glad that he was patient with us? He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyhow. He didn't have to stay, but he stayed anyhow. Didn't have to love me, but he loved me anyhow. See, I'm grateful for that. She was in haste, so she dropped him. I said, so now he became lame. His walk is affected. What does this mean for you and I? His, his life, the way he lives is affected. When you're disappointed, it affects your walk. When you're dropped, it affects your walk. When you're rejected, it affects your walk. Rejected people always like to preemptively reject. Let me quit you before you can quit me. Dropped people always think somebody has a motive. So anytime somebody's nice, what you want from me? Y'all are not talking to me. So a lot of the times, watch this, your walk is affected by something from your past. Watch this, that woman with the issue of blood, she had that issue of blood, but she didn't always have that issue of blood. She only had that issue of blood when she got in a bad relationship. Shut your mouth. And when she got in a bad you better be careful who you call friend. You better be careful who you call yourself dating because they will mess up your walk because they'll pull you away from God. And then once they got you away from God, they'll drop you and leave you crippled. 
Now you can't trust, you can't sleep, you stressed out, you losing hair and weight and gaining and all this here. So watch me, 2 Samuel 9.3. We're just about there. We're just about there. Y'all ready? 2 Samuel 9.3. Here's Mephibosheth's miracles. Now remember at the beginning of the message I had you to replace your name there. Say your name. Say your name. Say your name. So the king said, is there not still somebody? He was like, nobody. And he was like, I need to find somebody. Is there not somebody in the house of Saul? Check this out. Saul tried to kill David. Saul didn't like the fact that David was his replacement. Some people don't like you because they can sense you're about to take their place. They mismanaged the opportunity, so God opened it up for you. They mismanaged the chance they had, so God opened it up for you. So Saul didn't like David because he was going to replace him. And so, so David, though, says, he wakes up one day and says, I want to sow kindness, say favor. From somebody in Saul's house. Ziba said to the king, there's a son of Jonathan. Watch him. He's crippled in his feet. In other words, he says, king, this guy is from the house of Saul. He's Saul's grandson. Who's Mephibosheth's daddy? Jonathan. He's Saul's grandson. Who's his daddy? Come on. It's an open book test. I just want you to know. So when you leave, you can, be, you can talk real deep at breakfast or brunch. You know, you can really, you can impress all your people on your job on Tuesday. And they go, what was church about? Oh, my God. Did you know Mephibosheth? Are you, you're not familiar with this? You don't know? You should come over and come to Jewel Avenue and get that word. <laughs> and the king said, I want to be nice to somebody. Here's miracle number one. God, watch this. God turned somebody with power toward him. Watch this. When he wasn't looking. Yeah. God turned somebody with power toward him. He wasn't even seeking to get out of his mess. Look at me. There are certain things you have decided this is just how life's going to be. And I'm here to tell you, watch this. God is turning somebody with power toward you. You don't need everybody to like you. You just need somebody with power. It says uh, uh, he's crippled on his feet. Here's what that tells us. Everybody knew his story. Everybody knew that this guy had been dropped, and everybody knew he was crippled in his feet. Everybody could see that his walk was off. Everybody could see. Let me make it practical. Everybody could see that they had a bad attitude. Everybody could see that they were always overcompensating for what they felt ashamed about. Everybody could see that they were always wrestling with themselves. Everybody, everybody could see that they always had these internal deficits that because of what they daddy didn't give them, because of what they mama didn't give them, because of what this and that. And the other, everybody could see what they were wrestling with. Everybody could see that they were insecure about their marriage, which is why they thought everybody was after their spouse. Shut your mouth. Everybody could see. Everybody could see. Everybody could see. Everybody could see that they wore their emotions all over them. Song says it's written all over your face. That's homework. Y'all better know that by when. I'm just joking. Just joking. Say, everybody knew his situation. Bishop, why did everybody need to know his situation? Because when God blessed him and God worked a miracle, he wanted everybody that knew what it was to see what he turned it into. I need you to not be mad that God let the cat out of the bag. God says, I needed them to know that you were dealing with some struggles. I needed them to know you were dealing with some pain. Because when I work a miracle for you, the same people that knew that your walk was crippled are about to see you walk as a conqueror. I need you to throw your hands up that God let some stuff be known.
I need you to celebrate that God didn't cover everything, that there's some stuff God says, I'm going to let them see you before so they can see your after. Y'all remember, y'all remember on talk, y'all remember Ricky Lake? All right. Ricky Lake used to do, I used to watch Ricky Lake. When I was a kid, I wrote Ricky Lake a letter because he was giving all these kids gifts and stuff. And I wanted me an Apple computer when I was a kid. So I wrote Ricky Lake a letter and I said, Ricky Lake, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Pretty Ricky Lake. I need you. I, I, I sent her a letter. And I used to watch her show because Ricky Lake used to all do all these before and after shows. So they come out before. <laughs> Let's be funny. Come here. They'd be like before. <laughs> and then <laughs> we're having a good time. Touch your name say, have fun in church. And, then, and, and they'd be like before and then after. And then sometimes you have to do a double take because you're like, that ain't the same person. You ever looked at some of these commercials on TV where you're like. And then the first picture, look all sad. Like, look sad. And then the next picture. You ever seen that? Thank you, son. Watch this. God says, I needed them to see your before. Because after I work a miracle, they're going to celebrate your after. I need you to say, thank God for my before. Because my after is about to manifest. Here it is. I'm just about done. Let's get to where we're going. Verse 4. Then the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he's in the house of Makir, the son of Amiel. Here's Makir. It means trade-off. What's a trade-off? It means, watch this, I'm exchanging something for something else. Let me ask it this way. What is it that you won't do which explains what you can't have? What is it that you fear to do which explains what you cannot walk in? What is it that you're scared to do, which is why you can't succeed in? He lived in a place of trade-offs. He said, I'm going to settle. What is it that you've settled for? It's really what a trade-off is. It's a settlement. It's like, you know what? I don't want to fight no more. I just, let's just settle. Let's just make a trade deal. Let's just settle. And when you settle, here's the danger. You'll live with what God never intended for you to live with. And I came to speak life into somebody. Everything that's not supposed to be in your life, only throw your hands up if you believe it. God says it's coming out. If that's you, throw it up right there. Say, thank you, Jesus. So he learned to live with stuff. He learned to live with the fact that although he's the son of the king, or the son of the king's son, which means, means he's in the former royal family, he's learned, he just said, oh, I don't even care. I don't care anymore. He said, I'm just trying to protect myself now. Because the last time I trusted somebody, I got hurt. Last time I really went all in. See, some of you are scared to go all in, which is why you can't take all over. Because the last time I went all in, so I'm going I'm to I'm play it smart this time. So now you're holding back. Watch this. Not from people who, who you need to investigate. You're holding back from God. Are you hearing me, church? He's in, the, he's in the house of Mercure, the son of Amiel. That means people of God. So he's saying this is actually something that really applies to you and I broadly. And he's at Lodebar. Lodebar. It's in, uh, it's in Lohi. Lodebar. It's a new bar in Lohi. Lodebar. Here's what it means. Some of you are like, what is Lohi? You need to get out more. There's a whole lot more to this city than 812. Not much more, but there's more. 
I'm just joking. We love Denzel. And so Lodibar means no revelation. Stop! It means no revelation. What does this tell you? He's got an impossible situation, but what is he lacking in 1115? Revelation. So why does he think he can't change it? Because he can't get the word. I wish that you weren't so passive when it comes to the word. I wish that we were more hungry for the word. It, I, I wish that we came at the word and we ate the word like we need white bread and good whipped butter. I wish that we came at the word. Listen, baby, I need the word like a fish need water. Y'all are not talking to me today. I, 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 I need the word like Ben needs Jerry's. Y'all not talking. I need the word like Hagen needs Dawes. Y'all not saying that. I need the word like butter needs a finger. I need the shot. I need the word. Because your situation will never change until you first have revelation. It ain't just going to, you ain't just going to wake up one day and it's going to be different. But you know what happens? A lot of us, that's how we think. Oh, it's about to change. It's about to happen. It's about to, you've been saying it's about to happen for 10 years. Ain't nothing happened. Why didn't it happen? Because God says you have no revelation. So he's in a place with no revelation, which means what can't change? His situation. So, so watch this. The Bible says, verse 5, the king sent and brought for him from the house of Mekir, the son of Amiel at Lodibar. Here's miracle number two. Miracle number one is that God turned somebody with power toward him when he wasn't even looking. Here's miracle number two. He sent for him and brought him out of Lodibar. This series is God sending for you. To send for you means go tell him I want to see him. Shut your mouth. And then not only do I want to see them, but whatever, watch this, whatever mess they're in, bring them up out of that mess because you're about to see the king. I need some of you to know you're about to be sitting at a table you don't qualify for. I need some of you to know you're about to have your name brought up for opportunity that doesn't make any sense. I need some of you to know that what it was, it is not anymore. Somebody say, it's changing in front of my face. Miracle two, God sent for him. You at harvest because God is sent for you. You didn't send for him. He sent for you. And he's taking you out of Lodebar. This morning while I was reading in between the experiences, the individuals mentioned, they said, God called us here today. God sent for you. I need you to look at me. Somebody say, he sent for me. Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in depression? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in discouragement? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in frustration? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in a messed up situation? Is there anybody glad that he sent for you? See, sometimes when it comes to God, we view him in an inappropriate way. We view him like he owes me. He doesn't. Instead, we should approach him as, I'm grateful. You sent for me? You want me? See, look at me. Look at me, 11, 15. God doesn't need you. And that's scary to insecure people when somebody doesn't need you. Instead, he wants you. Want means I'm not doing this because it's convenient. I'm doing it because I want you. That's why I came through your rebellion to get you. I came through your heartache to get you. I came through you doubting me to get you. I came through you talking about you a Muslim now to get you. I came through you talking about you believe in the pyramids to get you. I came through to you saying I don't need God. I'm just spiritual. I came through all of that to get to you. I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> Verse 6. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David. He fell on his face. He paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. Here's miracle number three. Mephibosheth responded with submission, not entitlement because of who his father was. When God sends for you, God doesn't need you to be angry. He doesn't need you to be haughty. He doesn't need you to be prideful. He doesn't need you to have a sense of entitlement. You ever met somebody with a sense of entitlement? Like you owe them something. They think they the water when they the horse. One needs the other. 
Water going to be fine without the horse. Horse going to die without the water. Say, I must be submitted. See, he says, I'm your servant. He says, I'm here to serve you, not to try to be you. I'm here to serve you, not to try to replace you. And when he responds that way, let's get to verse number seven. And David said to him, do not fear. I'm going to show you kindness or favor for the sake of your father. I'm going to restore to you the land of Saul, your father. And you shall eat at my table. What? Always. And he paid homage. Verse eight. And here's, here's miracle number four. Mephibosheth responded with public honor. Homage means public honor. Look at me. You cannot have what you do not honor. If you dishonor money, you can't have it. If you, if you dishonor opportunity, you can't have it. If you dishonor position, you can't have it. If you dishonor loyal friends, you can't have them. If you dishonor a good wife, come here, church. If you dishonor a good husband, y'all not saying nothing. You cannot have whatever you do not honor, right? Watch this. So that's miracle number four. Because, watch this, proof of honor is adaptation. So he ain't there trying to tell the king, look, king, I'm glad you called for me. Because this is what I need. I need this and this and this. And by the way, the way they've been treating my family, he said, mm -mm, I'm, 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 I give you public honor, king. What happened to where we thought that it was okay to give God private honor but want public miracles? Can we all be honest that sometimes we've done that? I know you're good and spiritual, but I'm talking to that neighbor of yours. That neighbor of yours and I, we've all had moments where we have We've given God public, or excuse me, private honor, but we want something public to manifest. See, watch this. Where are the people at who, I'm not afraid to pray with my food in front of nobody. Where are the people at that if you got to have a praise break in the middle of your day on your job, I'm not worried about what these people on my job. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I will praise him. I will bless him. I will magnify him. I will give my God public honor because he's given me public miracles. Shout yeah. I got to quit. I got to quit. Look at verse 8. And he said, what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Here's dead. means no progress. He's not literally dead because he's alive. He says, I, ain't making no, I haven't made progress since five. Woo! I haven't made progress since I was a child. All I did was age. I didn't mature. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth doesn't literally mean that. Some of y'all are taking it literally like, I'd like to say amen, but he said, shut your mouth. It's a joke. It's a joke. I can see some of you are like, I can't say nothing. I said, watch, watch. He says, I have aged, but I haven't matured. Don't be a 55-year-old, 5-year-old. Don't be a 65-year-old, 5-year-old. Don't be a 25-year-old, 5-year-old where you get mad and throw a temper tantrum and you end up cursing what you needed. He says, I've made no progress. And then he says, I'm a dead. Watch what he calls himself. Tall. Bow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. You know what a dog is? Look at me. A dog has a scriptural significance. In Proverbs, it says that a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to its folly. Here's what Mephibosheth said. I keep making the same mistake so much, so it's not a mistake anymore. I choose it. He says, I go right back to the same mess I was complaining about and get right back dirty. I'm rolling in it. I'm in it. I said they wasn't no good, but I'm right back up in there. I said I was done with it, but I'm right back up in it. I knew they weren't a loyal friend, but I'm right back in it. Finna go to the barbecue tomorrow.
I come against your dog. You ought to lay your hands. This is just for the people who really believe the Bible. Lay your hands on yourself and say, every ounce of dead dog got to come out now. Just for the people that believe the Bible, say every ounce of dead dog got to come out now. I'm making progress, and I'm not making the same mistakes. I'm making progress, and I'm not making the same mistakes. That was then. This is now. Watch. Let me finish. Verse 9. Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul, I'm going to give to you. Miracle 5, he got payback for something he didn't do. There's some generational stuff that some folk in your bloodline quit before they got it. Yeah. There's some generational stuff that folks gave up before they received. And I'm not just talking material things. Don't get materialism. I'm not taking cash, cars, and clothes. I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about breakthrough. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about joy. I I'm talking about land. Come here. I I I'm talking about opportunity. I'm talking about God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Verse 13, and we're quitting right here. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. Stop! Where did he live before? Lodebar. Where, where David moved him to? Jerusalem. What's Lodebar? No revelation. What's Jerusalem? The city of Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Here's what that means. It's a place. Not just a physical place, but it's a place that I get to in my walk with God. To where if I got it, I'm good. If I don't, I'm good. If I'm up, I'm good. If I'm down, I'm good. Why? All things are working together for my good. Somebody say, I'm moving on up. Say it again. I'm moving on up to Jerusalem. Miracle 6, he left Lodibar to move to Shalom. Some of you need to move away from the mentalities of Lodibar. You still think broke. You still think depressed. You still think you're a victim. You are not. You still think you haven't overcome anything. You have. You still think this is as good as it's going to get. That's literally the definition of a poverty mentality. You can have a million dollars in the bank, but if you think that's as good as it's going to get, the definition of poverty says you are living in it now. Say it can get better. I need you to talk to me. Say it can get better. Here's, here's the rest of the verse. For he ate always at the king's table. Miracle number seven. He was seated at the king's table. How this guy go from Lodebar to now he's at the king's table? Say miracles. But notice the rest of the verse. But he was still lame in his feet. How is it he didn't get his feet healed? Why didn't he ever get his feet healed? Say why, Bishop? He never asked for it. Much of what you want to see, you've never asked for. So what haven't you done? You haven't worked the process for a miracle. Well, Bishop, how did he get the rest of that? If you study his life, you'll see where it came in. He was riding in through the prayers. He was riding in uh, through the things that God had ordained for the generations before him. He never asked for it. So check this out. He never asked for it because his name means from shame. And when you live in shame, you'll never ask for what you think you didn't suffer for. You'll never ask for what you didn't have to suffer for. If it's easy, you'll be like, this is too good. That's what a miracle is. It's too good. It's too good. I need to push us for this last 30 seconds to this place of faith. Say, that's what's happening for me now. It's going to be too good to be true. I need you to say it. It's going to be too good to be true. 
Would you just shake your neighbor? It's okay if you don't know them. They'll forgive you. Just say, it's going to be too good to be true. Say, it ain't going to make sense. Say, but it makes God. Say, it makes faith. If you believe that, I need you to hop up on your feet and put a... Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.